0: Just a note before we start. This podcast is designed to be listened to in order. So if you haven't caught up yet, head back to episode one What is the Share Market to start your investment journey?
1: A Listener Production. Hi. Miller, over
2: here. Um, who are you? I'm the guy who's gonna make you rich. Mate, I don't even know Have you- Have you ever heard of the share market? Well, yeah, I host a podcast about it.
3: I've got all the hot tips.
2: Okay, but why are you wearing oh, a trench coat? I've got it here
3: it's where I keep these. Blue chip, buy the dip, up-and-comers, down-and-outers... out as Look, thing, quick I've cleans. heard about your
2: type. What? You say you've got some golden share market no, ticket. No, no, but no. I'm pretty sure you're just going to if sell you get
3: me... All these hot tips on my online course for just monthly, And a there it is. <sighs> Honestly,
2: anything with a price ending in 99 cents.
3: Cash me. Coat won't pay for itself.
2: If you've spent virtually any amount of time online then you know that in this great age of information, there is, well, there is a lot of information. It's never been easier to perfect the art of juggling or learn how to talk to your cat. But some online information comes with critical caveats.
0: The government replaced
3: birds with deep state agents who surveil the American citizenry. The Mexican scientists are releasing new video showing alien remains. We're bombarded with information, but it's harder than ever to know what's true.
2: Yeah, you've heard it before. Don't believe everything on the internet. But when it comes to money, this advice couldn't be more essential. And not all the bad guys wear trench coats and price their goods at something 99. Sometimes, less than accurate information can come from more genuine sources, with the very best of intentions. Did
0: you ever meet my friend Simons? He knows this guy Wilkinson. He made a fortune in the stock market. He wasn't even supposed to say anything. You guys should think about doing this too.
2: So, how do you sort the good investing information from the bad? Well, it starts with doing that sorting yourself and remembering that you're in charge of the information you consume and you decide what to do with it. Because at the end of the day, this is your money, your investment. Information can only take you so far. It's how you use that information that really counts. I'm Jamila Rizvi, a podcaster, author, and information skeptic number one. And this is ComSec Invest, the share market simplified. As much as it saddens me, in four episodes' time, you are going to fly the nest and enter the world of share market investing all on your own. (laughs) They grow up so fast. So I think it's time to give you the tools that will help you find credible information about companies you might be considering investing in and help you distinguish that from the rest.
1: A couple of decades ago, when you wanted to go and get some hot stock tips, maybe you're wandering down to the pub and you have a chat to Charlie at the bar and he's just
2: told you he's got a hot stock tip. That's Jess Irvine, the personal finance expert at ComBank. She's also got two decades of business journalism under her belt, so knows how to sniff out good information. Today, the pub is the internet.
1: We're just exposed to so many casual conversations. There's lots of Charlies out there and they've all got some hot ideas. And I just think the immediacy and the accessibility of that information via social media, via the the internet is unprecedented.
2: And it's something really new for younger generations to have to navigate. One of the most important investing skills is knowing how to verify the information that comes your way being able to identify what is credible and what isn't. Not all information was created equal.
3: The things like the Financial Review, the Australian newspapers that have been around for a long period of time, they rely on their information being very credible and understandable. And yes, otherwise they won't continue to exist.
2: You'll remember Craig from episode three. He's from Comsec, and his team published a lot of commentary about the share market themselves. And I know a podcast brought to you by Comsec saying that Comsec is a reliable source. But organisations like Comsec have such strong credibility because they are held to a much higher standard than a lot of online content, which can often sound like this.
0: Let me tell you how to never work another day in your life with this one secret rule.
2: Or this. Better invest in this company soon. It's going
1: to be mental. I promise this won't let you down.
2: Information that has been checked and checked again should be top of your list. Even this podcast has been through multiple checks before being released into the wild.
1: My major sources of information when I was reporting on the economy and the outlook are really those respected, you know, government run sources. So the Reserve Bank, if you're looking at shares,
2: the Australian Stock Exchange is a great place to start. We actually spoke to Graham O'Brien from the ASX earlier in the series. Graham, anything to add here?
0: Shameless plug for the ASX, but we have lots of information on the ASX website that have been developed over time. It's actually even used in secondary schools these days, so even high school students use it as part of their education. There's a whole host of resources helping people get started in the share market, understanding what are some of the steps that I would need to do to research a company.
2: I'm glad you brought that up, Graham, because the goal of information gathering is to learn more about companies you might be considering investing in. For example, If a company is facing some sort of issue, that's a crucial piece of information which you need to know.
0: Australian beef could soon return to British plates under a new trade agreement. Purchasing a PlayStation 5 has only gotten harder. The key reason? A global shortage of chips.
2: These sorts of issues can make media headlines and impact share prices. But there is also other company information that, while perhaps not front-page headline-worthy, is worth keeping up to date with like when a company invests in new technologies or is considering a merger with another company.
3: For instance, a company is looking to take over another company, they'll disclose that to the market so everyone has got the information out there and they can look at the potential acquisition to determine whether it's going to be a good buy or not.
1: Pick one company you're interested in download the annual report, you're looking at historic performance of the company, what that says about their future strategy and the confidence you might have in the board or the the CEOs to deliver strategies going
2: forward. That's something you have to think of as an investor. You can find company reports and other important information on websites like the ASX or Comsec. And they are definitely super easy to read and make for a really great Saturday night. But maybe they're not for everyone. It's not always necessary for you to read up on every company's annual general meeting minutes or trawl through a history of their reports, but it is worth doing your due diligence before you start investing. And one way you can do that is finding out how a company has performed in the past. Although past performance isn't a guarantee of future performance, we learn a lot about a company from its history. Think about the role that statistics and information play in the sporting world
3: somebody that's playing first-class cricket will be hitting at about 1,000 watts. Thousands of different shots, where it was on the pitch, the angle, that will then produce a number which will tell us how likely that is to result in a goal.
2: No-one knows how a team is going to perform in the future, but we can use a whole range of data to see how they've performed in the past. How many games have they won in a row? Do they struggle in wet weather? Maybe they have a new coach that isn't working out so well. Let's move from the pitch to the boardroom and ask the same questions. How many years in a row has this company made a profit? Why did it struggle financially during the winter months? How's their new CEO doing? The more questions like this you can ask about a potential investment and the more you know about a company and its operating environment, the better you can predict its future success.
0: Past performance is the company's track record. It's proof evidence of how it's responded under different circumstances. So things might get pretty tough. How did the company manage? It can give you insights into how the leaders navigated the COVID pandemic.
2: We'll dive into past performance a bit later in the series, but if you're keen to learn more about it now, you can head to one of the credible information sources that we've mentioned so far, like ComSec.
0: So brokers like Comsec have plenty of information on their website, including easy to understand articles and videos for beginners. There are daily videos and podcasts there, which wrap up, you know, what has happened in the market, but add to your understanding as well. And each one of these layers, I guess, can help you develop a deeper understanding.
2: Websites like the ASX and Comsec are great places to begin your investment education. But don't take my word for it. This episode is all about you learning how to validate information for yourself. That means casting a critical eye over the information and opinions you consume and looking for a few important things. A big green
1: flag for me is when I hear someone talking about a statement of risk. So some sort of informational words around there is risk associated with this strategy. It's okay for people to have an investment thesis, so a central idea of what they think is going to happen. But I want to hear people saying, but I can't see the future. Uh, There is a risk that things could turn out differently. It could turn out higher than that. It could turn out lower than that. I want to see people grappling with the, inherent uncertainty of investing.
2: Now, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but we've tried to be balanced with our language during this podcast. So this is something that carries a
0: lot more risk. I don't know what will happen tomorrow. I can't predict the future. It's not as simple as that. Clearly, there are times when the value goes down.
2: And this kind of cautious, sensible language is actually what you want to look for in any kind of financial information because although the alternative might be more exciting...
0: I promise
3: you, though, this stock is going to skyrocket.
2: ..guarantees are actually a pretty good sign that whoever is giving you that information may not be credible. The internet is full of information, good and bad. Not only will Google give you an answer to almost anything, but you can also communicate with others about the same thing in real time. While it's brilliant that we can show off to mates about our recent holiday in Southeast Asia, it also means any random dude can talk about whatever he likes without any qualifications whatsoever. Ever heard of FinTalk or Financial TikTok? What about Reddit's Wall Street Bets? Platforms like these are increasingly popular among new investors looking for information. And while I am all for making financial information more accessible, these sources aren't without risk.
1: I remember just looking through the Wall Street Bet subreddit and seeing all of these people talking about how much money they were making and encouraging others to invest as soon as possible.
2: You'll remember Tom from our last episode. He invested hundreds of dollars into video game retailer GameStop after reading about it on the social media platform Reddit.
0: Some of the users said
1: they were actually... Like financial advisors. But honestly, most of them were just talking about GameStop and why everyone should buy it. I didn't really do any actual digging into the company or look at past performance or anything. I just invested based off what I saw on Wall Street Bets.
2: If you're not familiar with the GameStop story, it's worth looking up. Tom, along with a lot of other people, lost his money after the company's share price collapsed. Many of those people got caught up by internet hype and failed to do their due diligence. They invested based off nothing more than a stranger's recommendation on social media.
0: I think relying on other people when you're a retail investor is not the greatest thing to do.
2: Oscar Oberg joined us last episode as well. He's a fund manager in charge of a few billion dollars of investment.
0: I mean, we've all had that mate who said, oh, look at that mining company, you know, that does rare earths in Western Australia that you know, is one cent going to go $3? And they never do. You look back on it and you go, that was, why did I do that?
2: We are all exposed to content that isn't reliable, especially online. I can't count how many ads I've seen promising ridiculous amounts of money or returns with just a small and simple investment. Much of this dodgy info can be spotted a mile away by any discerning internet user. But how do you stay safe when it's not so obvious? I think the number one
1: red flag, if something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. My other red flags would be an excessive certainty about a product delivering definitely something for everyone. Another red flag for me is anything that creates a sense of FOMO, you know, that fear of missing out, that sense of urgency. You must act. Think very carefully, take a deep breath, that sense of urgency. There's a reason why they're trying to get you in quick because they're trying to get out the door quick
2: as well. Remember that the internet is the Wild West when it comes to regulation. Take Tom's experience with GameStop. It would be near impossible for any regulator to monitor the thousands of misleading comments that were being made every day about GameStop on social media and on internet forums. That's why you've got to do your investment research and be a conscious, critical consumer of information. Although the good news is that regulators are cracking down on larger social media influencers to make sure that what they say is above board. There was a
1: case where someone was running sort of an online forum and charging and giving stock tips, giving that product specific advice, which you do need a financial license to do. So the regulator stepped in and said, you can't be doing
2: that. The gold standard is still those well-established sources we spoke about earlier. Trusted, established media publications and heavily regulated financial institutions are held to a much higher standard of accuracy.
3: If you are employed by a broker, by a newspaper, and you're providing information which is incorrect, and it causes investor or investors To rely on that information and they get disadvantaged by it, they need to make sure that, yes, what they're providing in terms of information is totally correct.
2: In the age of information, we are all getting better at navigating the digital world. And while most of us would now run for the hills when we hear something like this...
0: You have to invest in this. This is a slam dunk. I'm telling you, you've got to get in.
2: Other times, it isn't so obvious. As you learn and become more confident as an investor you will get better at identifying good information from bad. For now, there is a little homework to do. Get to know the companies you're investing in. Go to the trusted sources we've discussed and do your due diligence. You need to get familiar with what good information looks like to be able to distinguish it from the rest.
0: It might seem super obvious and boring, but most will dabble Most will invest a little aimlessly or look for the next sexy and hot tip, but investing time at the start can put you ahead of thousands of people who are too impatient
1: great places to start for the new investors look the asx has a range of educational resources on their website comsec also has a range of learning programs that will just walk you through step by step what is a share what are the risks what should i consider as a new investor so make sure you've done some sort of learning first and i would recommend those too
2: on the next episode.
1: So there are some ducks you need to get in a row before you can invest in the share market with confidence. Do you have an emergency fund? I also recommend that people look at any high-interest debts that they own. And then there's other objectives in your life you need to consider, like have you bought a house? Is that something that is part of your financial plan?
2: It's time to talk money. Namely, how much should you start with when investing? You don't need a lot of money to start investing. And I guess that's one of the main misconceptions with investing is that you do need a lot of money to start. If you're waiting to build up a certain amount of money, it may take you know longer than you anticipated or something else might come up. That's next time on Comsec Invest. Comsec Invest, the share market simplified is a listener production brought to you in partnership with Comsec. Hosted by me, Jamila Risby. Audio by Kelly Fulston. Executive producer is Todd Stevens, And producer is Thomas Thexton.
0: This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, Comsec. The information and views expressed in it do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Opinions expressed to those of the individuals referenced and not Comsecs.
2: Nah.